0: This is Fix Yourself First, and I'm your host, Dr. Christy Overstreet. In this episode, I'm going to help you understand why the three most common myths around desire differences exist and why you need to stop believing them. You're only going to care about this if you want a healthy relationship. And let's be real, who doesn't want that? Regardless if you're single, dating, in a relationship now, or just doing your own thing, At some point, you're probably going to have some type of a relationship connection and knowing these things about desire differences can help you navigate the really difficult times in those relationships. So make sure you stick around. These myths are the most common ones that come up working with people, especially the last one that you probably know, but you're not going to understand quite like I'm going to explain it to you. All right, we're here in the middle of it, and we're going to tackle those three myths around desire differences. Let's start with the first one. If your desire for sex has decreased, it must mean that you're not into sex anymore, and or maybe you're not into your partner anymore. This is absolutely a myth. Why? Because we have to think about what desire actually is. Sexual desire is the mental part for us the one we think of as libido. This means that your libido has got to do more with your brain than your genitals. Also, when we look at desire as a whole, libido is only one of the parts of desire. I'm gonna walk you through three parts of sexual desire and you're gonna hear how all these different areas connect straight into the brain behavior and relationship. Let's jump into the libido first. It's the sex drive. The way that we're driven to want sex, it can be biological and a physical urge, and it can also be primal. We're driven to have sex to ensure the survival of our species and, of course, very importantly, for pleasure. Having a low libido can be many things that are happening, and you have to take things into consideration. These things can interfere with your natural sex drive, that natural one that's there for you. A few common things that interfere is balances of hormones, primarily low testosterone, medications, those side effects, From different kinds of medications. And again, I'm not a medical doctor, so make sure you consult with your physician to look at any type of side effects that might be causing a decrease in libido. It could be blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication, antidepressant, anxiety meds. There's a whole host of things that can interfere with your natural sex drive. Some type of diseases can be interfering with your sex drive, medical conditions, And then definitely substance use and abuse, alcohol, drugs, weed. Some people, you know, don't consider that a drug. Many things in the area of substances do affect. And hey, why don't we cover sugars and things that cause your body to feel lethargic, cause your body to feel sluggish, that definitely affect that sex drive. And then we have mental health issues, depression, anxiety, postpartum depression, depression, There's like a whole host of different types of mental health issues that affect your sex drive. This is not an inclusive list. It's just a couple of things to be aware of when it comes to our libido, which is one of the three areas of desire or that make up desire. The second area we're going to cover within sexual desire is your sexual template. And if you missed it, just in case a few episodes back, let me tell you specifically which one episode. Um, let's see. Of course I have it here and can't put my hands on it. A couple of episodes back, we covered sexual template. I believe it was 184, uh, that we covered how to rewrite that sexual template. But regardless, your sexual template is made up of your thoughts, your beliefs, those past experiences and feelings you have about sex, about sexuality and what you find sexy or a turnoff as well, and just as important, a turn, did I say turn off? <laughs> well, it affects turn-ons and turn-offs because I think a lot of times we ignore turn-offs and we're just all thinking about, oh, what turns me on? It's just as important to identify what turns us off. So here are a couple of things that also affect that script within that sexual template and can cause a low sexual desire. Limiting beliefs or misinformation about sex, sexuality, right? What you were told about sex, what were you told about who you like, you're supposed to like, who you're not supposed to like, just sexuality as a whole, what's okay to do, what's not okay to do, all those things. Religious shame and doctrines that come in to say, hey, uh, from the religious spiritual viewpoint, this is what's okay and not okay. Motives for having sex affect that. And of course, a history of sexual abuse or trauma, a fear of getting pregnant if you're not trying to conceive, or STIs and other types of things can definitely cause your sexual template to be altered with a low sexual desire. Because it's our thoughts, beliefs, experiences, and feelings around these things. And a lot of times we just think, well, it's what it is. But that is not true. You can actually rewrite your sexual template to make it work for you. And back in that previous episode is where I share that. So make sure you go back and have a listen. And that episode is actually one of the lessons out of the ideal intimacy method for women. So it's a really good one. The third part of sexual desire is intimacy. And, you know, we had those 12 types of intimacy episodes recently. It's how you relate to yourself and a partner in five different areas of intimacy body, mind, heart, spirit and that connection. And when you tune in with who you are, you feel connected. It's deeper intimacy and that's going to fuel more sexual desire. A lot of things affect intimacy, obviously, and cause that lower sexual desire, the limiting beliefs about yourself, your partner, issues with love and trust. It can be these messages you've received growing up about love and trust and past experiences or what you've received about relationships and you've believed those to be true and you're projecting them onto your current relationship. Poor communication is a huge one. If you're not communicating, you are not connecting. One of the little sayings that you've probably heard a, uh, I didn't make this one up, so I can't remember where I even first heard it, but communication is lubrication, right? That ability to communicate. Fear and ability to open up and be vulnerable. If you can't be vulnerable and you can't let your guard down with someone, how in the heck can you have good intimacy and good connection? Because we're exposing the inner parts of who we are. And it's hard enough, and it just can't be done without trust and vulnerability, so those three things make up your sexual desire, your libido, your sexual temper, and intimacy. And that idea that your desire for sex is decreased because you're just not into sex anymore or you're not to your partner anymore. No, your desire is affected by these three areas. Now, keep in mind that intimacy and connection, if there's an issue with your partner, it falls under that. But it's a multi-layered thing and we just can't be like, oh, I'm just not into sex anymore. That, that's not the case. There's something affecting that. And majority of the times it's got to do with those relationships. Myth number two around sexual desires and around desire differences come with a change in how you become sexually around means something is wrong with you. So, Think of sexual arousal as the physical part. This is the physical response of lubricating for vagina owners or getting and sustaining an erection for penis owners. There are many factors that lead to arousal issues and sexual arousal disorders. There's people that struggle with arousal issues and there's people that struggle with um, enough criteria to meet a sexual arousal disorder. So some of these are emotional in nature. we got stress, anxiety, depression, and of course, problems in that relationship, right? Those affect that arousal. And then we have behavior factors such as you know medications, alcohol, substances, antidepressants, making it difficult to be sexually aroused. And then um, there's also those medical conditions we talked about, vascular, neurological problems that cause arousal, it can be diabetes, MS, it's like a whole host of things and chronic illnesses that play a role in this. So it's important to see that if you're experiencing changes in how you become sexually aroused. It does not mean something's wrong with you. You need to flush it out and check it out and see if it's relationship issues, substance use, uh, a medication side effect, or if it's some type of medical condition going on. And the biggest area, like I said, that sticks out is that it's not that something's wrong with you. There's an issue and connection within that relationship, highly likely. And what you want to do is rule that out medically first. Then you want to you know, do that work through coaching and therapy to work through what might be coming up when it comes to sexual arousal. Again, you can't have that connection and be physically connected with yourself if you're not able to trust and connect with others. Myth number three, and this is the big one, y'all, love and desire, they're linked together. This is a huge myth, and this is wrong in uh, countless ways. Can't even count how many ways this is wrong. And this myth is around the idea that if you love someone, or let's say you love your partner, then you're going to desire them. That is not the case. And the two have nothing to do with one another. And in couples, it's the most common problem that I see. Meaning, if you don't desire me, how can you love me? Or if you love me, why don't you desire me? Well, because these things are not linked. They're not the same. They have nothing to do with one another. People have sexual desire for people all the time that they don't love. And we don't bat an eye at that. But when it comes to our long-term relationships... We start to develop unrealistic expectations that since we're together and since we love one another, the desire and arousal are there. And nope, not the case. We've got to change how we view this because it's leaving a lot of unrealistic expectations and resentment. It doesn't mean that you can't have sexual arousal and desire, and it doesn't mean it can't be improved, but they're not together. They're not synonymous. So don't get bogged down and stuck In this idea that love and desire are linked together. They are not. It's wonderful if it is, but it's not going to be that way. We change. And as we go through time, as we go through relationships and relationships get longer, life happens, priorities happen. And it doesn't, again, mean that you can't connect and both get your desire needs met. But the unrealistic expectation of how you're linking them could be one of the biggest problems that you're looking at. Because with sexual desire and arousal, if you... Don't examine your libido, your turn ons and turn offs. If you don't examine your sexual template and make sure that's healthy, and if you don't examine the intimacy and those different types of intimacy, specifically emotional intimacy, you're missing out. Building that sexual buffet, building that sexual confidence, and building the root, which is the trust within one another, is crucial to improve that. There's no magic wand. We think, hey, we go to the doctor, we say we've got this problem, they give us something to fix it. That's not how this works because it's so layered and there's so much history. It doesn't have to be as hard as we make it if we're willing to explore that. And for all of my ladies out there, that is one of the main purposes of working in the ideal intimacy method for women and for my couples in the ideal intimacy method for couples and the intensives, we work through each of these through the method. So if this is sounding familiar to you, if you're like, yep, this sounds about right, make sure you send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know it resonated with you. And I'll send you some next steps for dismantling these beliefs because you deserve an intimate connection regardless of your relationship status. Thanks so much for being here with me. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode as well as support me. I do this because you show up each week and listen to this podcast. You send me DMs, you leave me reviews, you shout me out on social media. So that shows that you are taking this valuable information and applying it to your life. So thank you. I'm grateful to get to be in your life and to get to spend this time with you. And as always, if you have some thoughts or suggestions, be sure to send them my way. I look forward to talking to you next time.